Welcome to the Living Hope Podcast. Living Hope Fellowship is a church located in Lexington, Kentucky. You'll find that we're more than just a church, but we're also a family. You can learn more about the ministries of Living Hope Fellowship at www.lhfellowship.com. Now, here's today's message. So, speaking of the Holy Spirit, we're going we're gonna to preach a 45-minute message in 15 minutes. So, you better hang on. <laughs> we're going to go to blistering pace, all right? Actually, we, these are a lot of similar concepts to what we've been talking, so that's why I'm going to be able to do that. Uh, we're looking at a, a four-part series that was focused on recognizing and knowing how to follow the indwelling presence of God, and that when you come to Christ, that's what happens. That's why Chris's life has changed, because when he gave his heart to Christ, the Holy Spirit moved into his life, took up residence in him. As an owner, you remember that first message. He's not in everybody. He's in those who submit, surrender their heart to him that he can come in and be the owner of their life. And that as the owner of their life, he will then direct them and guide them and teach them how to follow God, teach them how to live the life that he wants them to live. And that's what he's about. That's what he's interested in. And he will not be a tenant in your life. He must be the owner in your life. We talked also about the realization that his presence has a specific purpose, has several specific purposes. One of those purposes being he wants to teach you and me how to communicate with the Father, how to stay in touch with God, how to remember those things that Jesus taught. We, we saw that in the scripture how to help us know how to be honest, like a, like a child sits in the lap of his father and says, Abba, Father, we know that whole story in the scripture, and that the Holy Spirit's goal, among many, is to help us learn how to talk to God. And this whole prayer thing is not just a regurgitation of requests and needs and, and listing down your items. It's a goal of communication and relationship. And then we talked about the last week, last message, about how the goal of the Holy Spirit in our life is to teach us how to abide in God. Now, this is going to sound kind of weird, but it's true. Abide, us abide in Him the same way He abides in us. That's what Jesus prayed. I, as you abide in me, I abide in you. So there is to be this awareness that our lives are inseparable. Our lives are married together, so to speak. We are one in spirit with God the Father because His Holy Spirit dwells within us and brought our spirit to life. And so as a result, it's not as if I've got this God in heaven somewhere way out there that I can call on. I have this God in heaven dwelling inside of me that I walk with. His life is my life. My life is His life. And that's what the whole concept of abiding is all about. And, and the struggle, I think, for many in Christianity is they never approach the relationship with God that way. They approach the relationship with God as God is this kind of a distant creator of, creator of it all that has somehow lovingly welcomed me to a heaven in the sweet by and by someday, and when I get there, ain't it going to be great? And God instead was saying, no, that is a part of the puzzle. It's coming, but I'm dwelling in you now, 
and I want to walk with you now, and I want to help you with this life you're living in now, and I want you to live your life in me, and my life will be lived in you. And I'm not going to re-preach that sermon, but there's lots of scripture that supports that concept. So today we're going to be talking about the fourth piece of this that is going to kind of be easy to grasp because of those other foundations laid. And that is the goal of the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, the indwelling presence of God, is to bring us to a place of maturity in our relationship with God. He wants somehow to help us grow up, (laughs) to be spiritual men and women, not fleshly, carnal men and women who has the Spirit dwelling within them. You understand the difference of what I just described? The spiritual person is the person that's thinking spiritually. The fleshly carnal person is the person who's thinking fleshly. And so God's goal is to get us from the one place to the other, from the fleshly to the spiritual. Not just in identity that happens because of Christ, but experientially as you walk with Him daily. That you are walking with Him in a spiritual mindset, not in a fleshly mindset. And so that's the part of maturation that he brings us to. And all of that is still off of that same verse that we've talked about, that somehow Christ in us becomes the hope of glory in our life, out of our life, to the testimony, and in our testimony to the world. That somehow people look at us and say, man, there's something different about that person. I mean, I, I don't seem to have what I see in them. I need something like that. And that's the ultimate goal so that we can then, as in 1 Peter it says, give an account of the hope that's within us and that they might desire that same relationship. Well, as a kind of a springboard real quick, I'm looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through 8. We're just going to read because of a a number of things here. I want to just go to various verses of Scripture today that's going to illustrate real quickly and help us understand this concept of moving on in maturity as, as a spiritual man or a spiritual woman, moving on as a spiritual individual to maturity in our relationship with Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through 8. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual men. You've got to understand immediately what he's saying in that first phrase. The implication is very clear. I should have been able to. I should have been able to. But I couldn't. I could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as men of flesh. As to infants in Christ, as if you just came to Christ and had no experience. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not able to receive it. You weren't at the place you ought to have been so that I could give you spiritual food, meat to eat. Indeed, even now, you're not able. Can you get the sadness in in this tone for a moment? For you are still fleshly, and here's what proven to me what I just said is true, he says. You're still fleshly, for since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? Are you not walking? This translation says, like mere men. I think King James says, as carnal men, fleshly men. For when one says, I am of Paul, another says, I am of Apollos, another, uh, uh, excuse me, it says, I am of Apollos tongue's getting twisted. Are you not mere men? Are you not fleshly? Verse 5. What then is Apollos and what's Paul? Servants through whom you believed even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one. 
I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God causes the growth. Now he who plants, he who waters are one, but each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. And so in that you see his revelation that there's a plan of God to use us, and he really wants to bring us as he works in our life to a place of maturity. So real quickly, what would you call a place of maturity? What are the marks of maturity? As that word is in your mind for a moment, what do you expect to see when you, expect, when you see something that is mature? What quickly comes to your head? You're going to have to be quick too. If I've got to be quick, you've got to be quick. What comes to your mind when you think of maturity? Consistency. Consistency. That's good. Consistency. What else? What would you say? Trust. Trust. Responsibility. Humility, slow to speak. Let all those things sink in. Those are all really good. Marks are something that's act, people that are acting like a grown-up, right? I mean, we, we, start, we talk about that and think about that in our minds. Some people act like grown-ups and some people don't, you know? I mean, you parents, you understand how crucial it is as you raise your kids that you help them understand the difference between getting physically big and being a grown-up. Way different things. And if you don't help them understand that, they're going to be in a mess their early years as an adult. So the goal is to become a grown-up, which are maturity, which are these character traits we just illustrated. So I'm going to touch on three very quick character traits, and man, we're going fast, so stick with me. First one is this. The indwelling presence of God guides us to spiritual maturity by helping us comprehend and embrace deeper spiritual disciplines consistently as a good way. I'm just going to add that on there. As a part of our daily life. In the beginning of our text, Paul looked at that. He talked about those first couple of verses. And, and as you saw throughout those two verses, there was the understanding that something should have changed by now. And it hadn't. It's that these de developed uh, uh, habits and character traits would have been growing. Look at Hebrews. I'm just going to move on to Hebrews 12, uh, 5, 12 through 14. Look at these verses. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you. Elementary principles are the oracles of God. And, you have be, and you've come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he's an infant. And it's sad that people get stuck there oftentimes in their walk with God. Solid food is for the mature, who because, the, here it is, consistency, the practicing of those things that God's called us to, who because of practice have their senses trained. There's discipline. There's an intentional desire. There's aiming at something and going there. Trained to discern Good and evil. Those disciplines we talk about all the time, prayer, Bible study, you know, fasting. Oh, my goodness, what's that all about? Yeah, it's in there. Go look at your Bible. Okay, or how about selflessness? That's a discipline. You're not going to mature unless you focus on the awareness of that. Uh, that discipline of service. Chris talked about it. 
And I'm going to tell you, in my opinion, you've heard me say this over the years in preaching, I think one of the greatest tools of maturity in the body of Christ is the person that understands how important it is to live a life that serves another, not myself. And when I truly get a hold of that and embrace that, I somehow catapult in my maturity with Christ. I don't know how to explain that. I've just seen it. That's all I'm telling you. I've experienced it, and I've seen it. And the people that really get a hold of that. And I'm not saying that service earns you some kind of credits with God. That's not it either. It's the desire inside the heart that just wants to be more like their master who laid down his life in every respect. And as an individual commits to that, God uses that discipline in their life to mature them and grow them up. Let me just ask you something on a side note real quick. How focused are you in your daily life to want to lay down your life for somebody else's good? And I'm not just talking about your wife or your kids. That's good. But I'm just talking about in life in general. How focused are you on realizing this life is not just for you? It's for those around you also that God wants to use you in blessings. So spiritual disciplines is a key. And it's one of those things the Holy Spirit uses to mature us. Another thing that the Holy Spirit wants to do as He indwells us is, and you can go on to that next point, the indwelling presence of God guides us to spiritual maturity by helping us overcome fleshly character traits. We could go through these for a while. We could talk about them. Man, there's a lot of them in the Word of God. We're going to read a passage here in a minute. Just going to touch on them real quick, and we won't have to say a lot more than that. But as we're getting to that, I just want to say this. You're going to fight the self-life, the flesh life, the rest of your life. And if you're not a fighter against that, you're, you're going to stifle yourself in your spiritual maturity. You've got to stand against that. And you've got to desire that, or choose it. That's not your desire for life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 14, I'm reminded there that my mind's going to always have a battle. And I'm going to have to take captive my thoughts making sure that they're obedient to the Lord. That's a place in, in uh, uh, 10.5. But in this verse here, it reminds me that my mind is not naturally going to be given to spiritual things. I've got to function as a spiritual man that thinks about spiritual things. A natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him. He cannot understand them because they're spiritually appraised. So my mind has to be committed to that, that I want to be walking as a spiritual man according to the plan of the Lord. And as I do that, his character will become my character. And let's just sum all that up in chapter 5 of the book of Galatians and look at verse 18 through 25. Just sums it up all real good for us right here. If you're led by the Spirit, indwelling presence of God, you're not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident. Now let's stop for a second. You think you hear that phrase, not under the law, and it means anything goes. That's not what it means. It means your motivation of your living for God is not based on a list of do's and don'ts. That's what it really means in context, okay? The motivation of your walking with God as a person who is in the Spirit is not motivated on a list of do's and don'ts. It's motivated on a change of character of identity of who you are. You're not who you used to be. Now we're going to talk about who you used to be, then we're going to talk about who you are. And that's what the verse goes on to. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, 
idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, impatience because you want to get out of here. Oh, I'm sorry, that's not in here. Just helping you. (laughs) Envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like this, in case you didn't see it in the list. Hmm, you know I got a whole sermon on that. (laughs) Of which I forewarn you, just as I forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Aren't you glad that's not you anymore? Or are you still carnal? It may be not your identity, but you may be living according to that mindset still because you're living under a carnal mindset instead of a spiritual mindset. And he wants us to be in that spiritual mindset, which is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against Here it is again. Against such things there is no law. Why? How many times is the Holy Spirit going to call you to break the law of God? Never going to do that, is he? Now those who belong to Christ, if you lump yourself there, have crucified the flesh, supposed to be dead and gone, with its passions and desires, that whole list of stuff. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Happens through Romans 12, too, a renewing of the mind. Happens through a commitment to set your mind on things above, not on the earth. Happens with those spiritual disciplines that the Holy Spirit's working into your life. And it's a process. It's not a flip of a switch, right? It's a way of life committed to living a spiritual life under the direction of the Holy Spirit that's been placed in me to do such a thing. I'd love to take a lot of time for us to just analyze Paul's uh, concern back in Corinthians. As you read through his response to them, you can tell he's shocked that they're still where they were. Now, let me encourage you. Because you may, when I get a hold of these things, a lot of times I'm thinking, Lord, I'm not where I ought to be. Let me encourage you. God's not surprised. (laughs) He knew that before you thought that. (laughs) And yet he still loves you and cares about you and is still drawing you and wooing you by that same Holy Spirit in you. And the the very fact that you had that thought is a revelation to you of his desire for you to get past that place. And the very fact that you had that thought is the reality that his spirit is going to enable you to get past that place and a revelation to you that he's not depending on you to be able to get you past that place. But the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. And the last thing I would say to you is this. The indwelling presence of God works through us to participate with the expansion of the gospel. He has a purpose in mind in growing you up he has a purpose in mind in growing me up it's not just so i can get to heaven you know how come i know that because that's already done that's already done that happened the day i gave my heart to jesus as an itty bitty baby in christ so he has something more than just getting me to heaven in mind 
as he brings into me a spiritual depth. As he brings into me a call to live according to the Spirit. As he brings into me a commitment to spiritual disciplines. As he brings into me a, a desire to not walk in accord of the flesh. So then what is his purpose in mind? It's in somehow the ability to use me to bless you. And you to bless me. And us to bless them wherever they are. That he wants to use us in that process. That expansion of the message of the gospel. In chapter 3, verse 8, you can kind of see all that coming to place, especially as it reminds us that we're participating as a piece of the puzzle in the growth that God brings, not that you bring. And that we are responsible, responsible to God as a grown-up person for that labor he's called us to. And that we just want to do it because of that reason. You know, if we looked and broke it down there in Galatians 5 a little more, we could have spent a whole lot of time about bearing that fruit. You know, as we talk about sharing our story like we did earlier, it's another place of being able to bear that fruit, to be useful to the master in whatever way he chooses. Again, reminding ourselves that this is not a flip of the switch. This is a way of life. It's a way of life. Nobody flips the switch on an infant's life and they turn into an adult, do they? It's a process. So here's the issue this morning. If I can encourage you. You may find yourself along the path somewhere less than where you'd like to be. Hope so. If it's not the case, there's still a problem. <laughs> and you may just say, okay, how do I move on to that next place of depth and maturity that God would have me to be at? It's going to all be about that issue of whether you're going to be committed to living a life that's aimed at spiritual maturity as a spiritual man, and man or woman, or if you're going to live a life that chooses to think carnally, fleshly, selfishly, self-centeredly, and that you're going to move into the spiritual way of thinking as opposed to the fleshly way of thinking so that God can grow you up and to be useful to Him. Choose to follow. Choose to follow. Choose to remember, your, remember who's the owner Again, all these things that we've looked at so far, and realize this. God's deepest desire for you is that you might mature to a grown-up spiritual man or woman that he can use in this world to the glory of his name. And he has placed in you his very presence to bring it to pass. You simply need to choose not to grieve, quench, resist. You simply need to choose to say, yes, I'm going to follow as you lead, and I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to walk in your way. So we'll close with this verse of Scripture today. Put up that last verse, Stephen. Galatians 5, 16 and 17, just a couple of verses ahead of the passage we just read. I say to you, walk by the Spirit. Hey, I didn't write this. God wrote this. You realize, right? Listen how plain and clear this is. I say to you, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. What? You mean I can really live a life that's not dictated and directed and governed by my fleshly desire and will? That's what it says. Walk by the Spirit, and sometimes you might not mess up. Not what it said. Walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Do you see how important that makes 
us to learn how to walk by the Spirit? Pretty big deal. Next verse. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, the Spirit against the flesh. These are in opposition one to another, so that you don't get to do what you want sometimes. Hmm, doesn't say it like that, does it? <laughs> They're in opposition one another like this all the time, so you don't get to do what you please. Why? Why is that true? I didn't hear you. Not good for you? That's it? How else? What else is there? Why do I not get to do what I please? Not doing God's will, what'd you say? There it is, from day one. Ownership. I don't get to do it. Ownership. And out of that ownership, abiding. And out of that abiding, a willingness to want to think spiritually. All these things together. Working together to bring me where I ought to be. I don't get to do what I please. And guess what I've decided a long time ago? What I hope has happened for you as well. When I don't do what I please... And instead I do what he pleases? How do you think that goes for me? It's the best it can be. It's the best it can be. It's not just simply a little okay. It's the best it can be. And so that's the goal as we walk in submission to the indwelling presence of God. That we might experience life the best it can be. For God's sake. And for your benefit too. Isn't that good? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about having a fulfilling relationship with Jesus Christ, or you would like to know more about our church, you can visit us again at our website, lhfellowship.com. Or if you would like and you are in the Lexington area, please feel free on Sundays to stop by and worship with us. Our services are held each Sunday at 1015 a.m. We would love to see you there. Until next time, take care and walk in the way of grace.